I've heard of that one. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, I actually do have an intro. Let's hear it. Okay. We're going down, down in an earlier round. Sugar, we're going down. Ranking the entire Fallout Boy discography. This week on My Taste in Music is Terrible. We kick off Pop Punk Pizza Party 2022 by reviewing the collective works of Fallout Boy. Drop that intro music. That was brilliant. I love that. Also, that's probably maybe the first time some people have understood what those lyrics are. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time that song comes on, Claire's like, what does it say again? I'm going down, down, and in, 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 Number one in a bucket. Um, my the, mic is The pretzel crunches over top of that intro were, were really sold it, I think. But I, know, I was... Right. I was um, Hoping you get some pretzel crunches in there. That was great. But guys, welcome to welcome to Pop Punk Pizza Party 2022. This is great. It feels so different. It does. It it it, it feels it sounds right. Good. It sounds warm in I the mean, cans. It is summer. So. Does it though? Because I mean, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> you just sucked the air right out of me, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my name is TK. I'm Tanner. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. And uh, this week we have the daunting task of, of again, ranking the entire Fall Out Boy discography. Um, considering that Tanner is here for the first time, uh, maybe in a month, to help us record yes, this sp- podcast. Special guest Tanner Remy. <clears throat> special guest t- Tanner Remy. Now, we like to... We like to start off our show by asking either a guest or a returning host, mm. um, a particular question. Which is... I'm so excited for which this. What's is, the question? Who is this? That's Gerard Butler. <laughs> right. So next we'd like to ask another question. What's been Gerard Butlering your ears? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's well, slightly <clears throat> different from Margaret thatching your heart. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm so, I'm, I screwed that up so bad. What's been Gerard Butlering your heart? Mm. Like so, to Butler means to service or to help or accommodate. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So what's been accommodating your heart? Um, <clears throat> funny enough, actually, Gerard Way has been because I finally read his comic. Um, the True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, Ooh. which is like their MCR's last album, is the prequel to. Um, and it was nice. It was nice. To, like on Saturday, I basically just went out to my parents' house while my condo was being shown and sat on the couch and read that. And it was mm-hmm. it was solid. Nice. Have you read The Umbrella Academy? No, but I love the Netflix show. Cool. My wife liked the show and I, saw, I was at a comic shop in Spokane and I saw it and I was like... I totally forgot he wrote it, and I saw I saw the cover, and I was like, oh, "It's Gerard Wayne." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not it's his Gerard name." It's Gerard Wayne on the shelf. 
awesome. Well, now that we've kind of follow up question, that, what's Gerard weighing on your conscience? <laughs> Ooh, that's my favorite variant. <laughs> what's Gerard weighing? Yeah, on what your have you done wrong lately? Yeah, it's just you know, I honestly can't pick. There's just there's <laughs> there's too much, an abundance of choice. I feel that. Yeah. All right, TK, what you got for us today? <clears throat> Nothing. Um, I have no games or anything planned, but I did, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've talked about music. So our previous episode, we had on um, two of our really good friends, Wes and Sarah. We talked about slasher films, which is a subgenre of horror. Um, it was a great episode. We had a ton of fun. Um, go back and listen to it. Seriously. It was a good time. Uh, but because it was more of a, a film episode, we didn't get a chance to talk about what we've been listening to. Right. It was um, really a, a very visual audio only podcast. It, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was a visual heavy audio podcast. Correct. Episode. Um, but I was, I was thinking we could just kind of take some time and talk about things that we've been listening to. Obviously other than fallout boy, cause nine fallout boy albums is nine fallout boy albums. Um, so let's talk about things that we're stoked on. Starting with Tanner Ramey. Yeah. Um, this morning, uh, The Devil Wears Prada announced um, their next album, which comes out in September. And they also dropped a new single with it, which I listened to like four or five times today, um, which then also made me go listen to the other two singles from that album, which are both better than the single that came out today, but they're all yep. three good. Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, and then Rise Against has a new single also that I think is just a standalone thing. I don't think it means anything because it has the same branding and everything as Nowhere Generation, um, which just came out last year, and they typically only release an album like every four years. Maybe they'll do a deluxe album. Maybe, yeah. Um, and that was actually a, that was a pretty pretty good single as well. Um, what else? Man, just a lot of Fallout Boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of consumed my life as well i usually listen to music while i'm working and usually it's just like whatever i'll put on a discovery weekly and i'll i'll pick i'll find new tracks out of that which is beginning pretty good i would say like i most of the time like the songs that it's it's playing for me but yeah lately been fall up boy but i just discovered a band you guys maybe know this called said the sky um who put out an album this year and they have a track called Blue Eternal with Motion City soundtrack. That's actually oh, I have really that. good. That track is awesome. So um, I'm planning to listen to the rest of this album. That's the only song on it I've heard, but I really liked it. Um, also, a uh, huge shout out. I don't know how I missed this, but in February, m- one of my favorite bands of all time, Half Alive, put out an album, um, and I and I've been listening to it a lot. It's really good. Um, so definitely, definitely check them out. I'm. Uh, Hold on. The album, the song I've been listening to a lot is called Summerland, but the album is called Give Me Your Shoulders Part One, which I love because it implies they're making another album after this. Um, what if they don't? I would be so mad. I would be, <laughs> I would be livid. Um, and then, like such a fool. I uh, say Sumi. Uh, it's like a Korean shoegaze band that TK put me onto. Really good. Uh, been listening to them lately. Uh, I probably just stole that from him. So you're welcome. Um, Rude. And then, yeah, I think I think that's uh, I have a bunch of other stuff that like I have to listen to that I'm I, you know trying to get to. I have a big spreadsheet of stuff. Post Malone released an album today that I want to check out. I've been listening to the new Kendrick album, but it's like taking a while to just process because it's so freaking big. It's like a double LP on Spotify, so that's like 
over two hours of music, I want to say. It, it feels like a more organized version of Donda. Like it's as long and kind of up in itself as Donda, but it's just a little bit more organized because I think Kendrick was a little bit more put together when he wrote it. So anyways, getting through that too, but yeah. That's what's been Gerard weighing on my ears. I have a question. Yeah. Do you find that um, the prep work that you do for this podcast drastically skews your weekly discover playlists? Uh, yes. In <laughs> fact, I've been like, should I be listening to this on a private session? Like, <laughs> like I don't want stuff similar to like the back half of Fall Out Boy's Discovery appearing on my weekly playlist, even though I've listened alert. to like four albums that were all that way. I was like, right. no, 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 no. Um, last week on the episode, uh, Wes said skewer really weird. He said it like that. And I like, cannot get that wording out of my head. What was the word he was trying to S- say? Skewer. Oh, so he said skewer. And like you, you said that and it just reminded me of that moment. And now it's stuck in my head again. Anyways, I, <laughs> I have been listening to Devil Wars Prada. Uh, new singles like Tanner mentioned I, I do agree I think the newest one isn't quite as good as the other ones but because the other ones were just so amazing um, very excited for their new album uh, Thornhill dropped an album you may remember them from the Nathan Reacts to Metal episode oh, uh, yeah. Casanova was the song that I played for that and that's on the new album and it's really interesting I'm very intrigued by it um, a lot more clean singing on this one. Oh, I'm interested. Um, but the vocals have a lot of processing and they're buried. Like not, not like completely buried, but definitely even with the instruments, if not, maybe a little under sometimes, um, depending on what you listen to them on. Um, so they almost act as kind of like another instrument because you can't really understand what he's saying a lot of times, which is really cool. And I think a lot of people will hate it, and a lot of people will like it, and mm-hmm. I and I like it so far. So that's I really like really that interesting. At the end that yeah. You showed. Um, yeah. What was the name again of the band? Thornhill. Thornhill. Yep. And the album is heroin, heroin, like hero. With an but, e but on a lady, the end. With a lady, lady heroin. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um, I've been really enjoying um it the. You know, like as we're approaching the release of, you know, the new Beach Bunny album, I've just kind of been trying to shove similar bands into the Beach Bunny shaped hole in my heart. So two bands uh, that I've really been enjoying. Uh, I think I'm saying this right. Be a bad doobie. <laughs> it's all one word. Um, it is such good, like female led power pop. Um, love it so much. And then there's another band con- called the uh, Kane Yuri Masaru, and they're a Japanese girl pop band. Um, and they just write, they're just incredible songwriters. Like everything is so punchy. And I, I think, I, I feel like the direction of so much music now is that it's so production heavy. And there's um, samples and, you know, synths and kind of atmospheric feel. And, and I tend to just really not like that. I, I feel like the, the, musical genre that's the most guilty of oversaturating that sound is, is metalcore. But I think it's kind of cool because there's a, it, it moves in cycles, right? So sometimes styles of music really involve that and then they lose it and they in, involve that or, you know, even just like, like music in general. 
but I feel like we're kind of on this weird upswing where bands are more relying on like their instruments and um, and, and writing with a guitar and anyways the I think it's cool because these bands are stretching pop so much and and bringing so much like instrumentation into it and so I've really loved that uh, neck deep just put out a very good single um, as well as the wonder years like they just kind of keep putting out incredible um, stuff and the last one that I wanted to talk about is no pressure no pressure was the band that we talked about on our March sadness episode it is the front man of story so far um, and he started this band I think with a, a few different people from other pop punk bands um, and it, it's just it's 22 minutes it's 10 songs and it just goes it just goes it's it's so hard-hitting there's so many good like hardcore parts it's super fast there's no acoustic track <laughs> you know like it's just punk and I, I love it so much if if you need some like good driving in the car pop punk music listen to no pressure um, and that is that is the end of what I have to say so I think it's so in, okay I was listening to like I mentioned rise against because I listened to their single and so I threw their I put uh, nowhere generation on when I was mm-hmm. working today and I was listening through it on vinyl today and like the, the token like acoustic song comes on that for some mm-hmm. reason, every punk album has. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, the one downside to listening to rise against on vinyl is that I cannot skip the <laughs> token acoustic oh, yeah. song because theirs are always like overly like politically emotional or like try to be at least, I think at least since like, since um appeal to reason on mm-hmm. and i just think they're all really annoying hmm. yeah i think that i mean it it reminds me of like saves the day or uh like that era of pop punk or like the starting line like there's always like one pop punk song like at the end of the album that's only acoustic and it's like the more emotional and it's like a total trope and it's been overdone so many times and i Love it when bands like No Pressure are just like, no, we're just going to make like a 20-minute album. It's going to be 10 songs, and it's just going to be like punk up your butt, man. Joyce Manor does the same thing. I love it. It's so awesome. Anyways, should we get into it, guys? Should we? Yes. Should we get into it, we ask, as Nathan walks away? <laughs> um. <clears throat> <clears throat> so how many follow boy albums are there that's actually a topic i would like to discuss on this al- on this episode because mm-hmm. i would argue there are seven however we are ranking nine because we're including the pax am days ep mm-hmm. um which for some reason even though it says ep in the title apple music considers one of their albums um but it's it's like kind of a weird like longer than an EP but shorter than an album kind of situation, you know? It's like what like eight songs, something right? like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um Now, the, but the other one though, and I, I guess like this is a little bit of like spoilers for my notes later on, but um an evening out with your girlfriend is like I think um you're hearing Nathan in the other room. I know, I'm just asking, can you hear me chewing? Oh. Oh, no. 
No, you're, you're Ask good. the listeners. Also, right into the pot if you can hear me chewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a lot of we have a copious amount of pretzels that Nathan made. Yeah, can you move them away from me? I can't stop eating them. Can so, you move them over toward me, please? So, <laughs> evening out with your girlfriend. I like it's kind of an album because it definitely is. Because well, no, but like they there's a reason. Um, oh, let's let's break into this whiskey. Well, I said Kana Yue Masaru, and I did not have any Japanese whiskey to say it and to choke on with. And I think that as if we're gonna keep doing this podcast, and if we're gonna keep having me be on this podcast, I think that I, we need to start making sure that my needs are met. And one of my needs that I very specifically said is I want to have a little bit of Japanese whiskey and say Kana Yue Masaru. I step away for one minute, and TK has a belt. <laughs> Um, we were just discussing how I'm many just vamping as, we he's, as yeah. he's trying to open the bottle. We were just discussing how many Fallout Boy albums are there actually. Oh, because if you don't include the first EP and the Pax Am, yeah, okay. Um, so seven so, or nine is a question. So, well, some people would argue eight because they would say Pax Am is an EP, but Evening Out with Your Girlfriend is an album. I would fall into that category, right? Some people. Uh, Which can, wait? Are you in the losers. nine album camp? No, I'm in the seven album camp. Ooh, some some virgins <laughs> might think that. We asked. No that. disrespect <laughs> to any virgins. No, no out disrespect there. to virgins. I yeah, yeah. Jonathan has to say that. Hey. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got two weeks. Oh, <laughs> right. true, 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 true. Also, I have a daughter, so I don't know why Tanner said that about me. I didn't say that about you. Oh, listen to that. Ooh. Oh, Jonathan doesn't want whiskey. How dare he? I bet you'd like no, this. I want pretzels. Okay. Um, so I, I think, and I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm uh, digging into my notes on this Ooh, album. Ooh, that was cherry. I love that sound effect. Oh. Did we get that clean? We can. Yeah. First, we got that one. No, that was not good. We're Foley artists Maybe now, I got to do it back here. I got to do it back here. This is really good podcasting. That. Maybe we should. I think we got it clean. I think we got it. Time. We got it clean. <laughs> yep. Um, you can find it on 543. Getting, it, getting into my notes on... Evening out with your girlfriend, uh, you know, ahead of time. Um, it's it feels a lot more like a collection of demos than I an actually album. I actually call that album E out with your G. Mm. Egg. Yo egg. <laughs> um, but I I think that there's a reason they that they decided now, twenty years later. Okay, let's release this on streaming platforms. Like mm. they very intentionally up until this point were like, no, our first album is take this to your grave. Hmm. Hmm. Which I think um, actually in every in every ranking I found, especially the ones that involved like the Pete Wentz ranked all the albums and he did not include it or Pax Am, which so I thought was interesting. They were having said that, I still think we should talk about it because. It's it's interesting. Oh yeah, I, I did listen to them. So. Like I think that we're getting wrapped around the axle with semantics, but I'm still going to talk about that. Oh project. totally. And here here's my my uh, 
my final argument um why would they have the same song on two separate studio albums if they were both i mean full-on studio albums lots of bands do that and berlin another band we're covering to say that yeah yeah amberlin did that newfound glory did that um you know lots of other bands like those two (laughs) which song was it um i forget calm before the storm yes calm before the storm storm. Mm -hmm. that was beautiful i rest my case i i i think we can all agree I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what is your number nine, my guy? My number nine, surprising no one, is the purple one called Mania. Um, Mania. Except for, did you know that they want you to put the spaces between all the letters? That drives me nuts. I did. I know, but like... That's stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you? I didn't even capitalize it. I just wrote Mania. <laughs> I just wrote the purple one. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just not a good album. Like even even if I wasn't a huge fan of like early Fallout Boy, I still think I would not like this album. There is something to be said for the fact though that I probably like these albums less because of how much I like other like early right, follow up right yeah um but i don't even have a lot of notes on it like it was kind of just like not good like very overproduced just like synthy pop um i and the one note i put was that i rolled my eyes so hard when i don't even remember what song but when they said i read it in reverse and then played the rewind sound oh i do have the song name it was uh sunshine riptide mm I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Is this real? Is this the same band that wrote all these other songs that I really love? And it is. Yeah, I my number nine is the same. No surprises here. Uh, I have an anecdote for you guys. I was in the Taco Bell drive-thru. I was listening to Take This to Your Grave. Had never heard the album before. And I was Mm -hmm. track after track. I was like, this goes so hard. This is so good. Why is this so good? Album ends. I don't have repeat turned on. So Spotify decides to serve up something hot and spicy from the recent discography. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse me, what on earth is this? And I look at my phone and it's the purple album. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) is this the same band? I was like livid. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get through this project. Which song was it? I don't even know. You I was so Venice? mad. I just closed the app and I sat in silence in the Taco Bell drive through because <laughs> I was like, this sucks so much. Anyways, uh, I, I would like to, I'd like to make a caveat. Please don't hear me as defending this album. But I think that for a lot of bands, there's two paths. There's this, there's the Switchfoot path where you make the same album 15 times and you just make it over and over and over and people buy it every time. Nothing against Switchfoot. They're decent, but they're not amazing, you know, and they've made the same album with slight variation for the last 15, 20 years or whatever. So there's that option. Or you can like change your sound over the years for better or for worse. And at least I feel like Fall Out Boy had the guts to go 
all the way and change their sound completely. Whether or not that was a good decision, I would say it was a bad decision because I don't think they're good at this new sound. But also I fully will acknowledge I do not like this sound. It's like maybe if I loved the overproduced, oversaturated, like electro cheesy lyrics sound, I'd be down for this album. But because I don't, I hate it. And also I think all of us are very partial to the pop punk sound. So that really drives like the way we like what we like from this discography. Having said that, I think we can all say this was objectively a garbage album. Yeah. <laughs> like so it was so bad. I my here's my here's my blurb for this album. I, it's a quote from the from the song Champion, which said, If I can live through this, I could do anything. That's that was my <laughs> takeaway from this album. I wrote that down. I was gonna say that. <laughs> That's why we go this direction. <laughs> so I can get to the good stuff. I have first. that right here. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, so oh my god, I was listening to this album at work because that's how I listened to. I made it through the whole thing, and I got to that lyric, and I was like, "Yeah, that's about right." <laughs> so, anyways, there you go. Mania is my number nine. I did not like it at all. There you go. My number nine is out from under the cork tree. Just kidding. First of all, you said the name of the album that's wrong. Not the name. <laughs> what? It's just from under the cork tree. Right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Up and under the cork tree. Up and under the cork tree. <laughs> that's not even an album of theirs. Uh, Mania. Yeah. Um. There's not much to say. Not much more to say. Although, stay frosty. Royal milk tea is kind of fun for the first thirty <laughs> seconds. And what a name. Um, I don't really mind the last of the real ones. Champions okay. Uh, but too many lows. They they swung and, and missed hard. They did swing, like right. Nathan said, but they missed hard. Um, and I lived through it, so I I know I can do anything <laughs> through Jesus. <laughs> I can do all things through. Yeah. Um. Here's what I'm gonna say. I disagree with Nathan. Okay. Because I think I think the reason why I hate these the last succession of um fallout boy albums is not because i don't think they're good albums is i it is because i think they're phenomenal songwriters Mm -hmm. i think that they had a plan and they had a strategy from save rock and roll which was them coming after a hiatus where Mm -hmm. you know they were contemplating basically you know are we going to be a band still and they had a new vision and they succeeded and i think that <clears throat> the reason i don't like these albums is because they're very good and because they are they're exactly what arena rock should be like they are it, it like and no one is like ah oh, i want to listen to some arena rock you know like so i don't i don't know who these albums are f- they're for. for the radio dude i yeah i mean yeah like that's that's yeah. it or or a hockey game and and but they're ex- it's exactly what it should be for exactly the kind of audience that they have decided to uh, to adopt and and they 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 made the exact thing it's like oscar bait mm, it's sure. like making an oscar mm-hmm. bait movie and yeah. and the re- and it's like no one's like oh an oscar bait like no one's like um you know Forrest Gump or The Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption no one's like those movies suck but I think maybe people that are not used to that are people that that um, are are maybe more g- genre heavy in their preferences would look at that as not as good of art mm. as somebody that you know is is 
like really into like a spe- you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah well I, and I think I agree like I think the thing that makes mania so bad is take this to your grave the fact that it's the same band right well that they did that and just and just here here was my question the entire time I listened to it this is the my only note is where are the instruments yeah and I I, I think that there is a few times where I heard like a real drum sound mm-hmm and I, I just, I was like, aren't, aren't there members in this? But, you know, and I, I was so confused. Um, and so, is it a good album? I I think that it does exactly what it should do. I, th- I think it is, I think it was, like, it just, it, it exists. Yeah. Um, do I like it? No. Sure. Am I ever going to listen to it again? No. It's like a soulless mercenary. Like yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah. It had a specific task in mind that it executed. Because you're right. Like, Save Rock and Roll, I think, is their most popular album just in terms of sales and mm. success, which is funny because I didn't know that going into this until I looked it up. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, because it was funny because so I worked for um, a, a, a summer camp for like four, three years. And every summer there would be, or I guess it was one particular summer where Fall Out Boy... Like Big Hero Six or whatever just came out. Like they had that really big song, and all the, and like Uma Thurman was like the really big, like so the kids were like really into it, and all of the kids loved Fall Out Boy. Like the third graders, the fourth graders that I worked with, and then the high school students, and they were just like, "Oh, have you heard of this band Fall Out Boy?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard about Fall." You know, like you know that meme that's like me sitting at the kids' table, and it's like they don't know that I know about. <laughs> no, it's like you don't know. You don't know shit about Pokemon. Like <laughs> I, have, I had that moment where I was like, "You guys don't know shit about Fall Out Boy." Um, and the thing is, though, like I just I started to see it. Like they are they're a a they have dual relevance mm-hmm. to one generation to the other, and I they are the only band that is in this genre that has done that hmm. that has had you know number one hits with like now what they're doing and then they were crushing it like when we were kids i can't think of, i can't think of a single one that's done that because yeah. even if you yeah. look at blink 182 like there's there's been no blink 182 singles as of recent that have done what um uma thurman has done that has done what you know my songs know what you did in the whatever and dude i just centuries it, yeah centuries huge and and yeah. i i think I think that that's kind of why it rubs like the warp tour kids in the wrong way because mm. it's, it's just weird and I don't think it's bad. I just think it's different. Mm. I, I just almost, I, I wish that they would like change their band name. Yeah. Cause, cause I feel like it would be a lot easier for me to kind of wrap my head around all of that. Because again, Pete Wentz had this plan from day one. He was like, we, you know, he's, he's been stated as saying fallout boy is going to be the biggest band. Mm-hmm. in existence and in a lot of ways i think that they've almost kind of done that like there's not another band that i think is as relevant or has that much name recognition or at least has been as relevant for as long ha- yeah. has been as relevant for as long across multiple genres Ac- across multiple genres across multiple generations you know to have high school kids in 2015 and third graders in 2015 know their songs and then to have me as like this old guy that's like no no, no take this to your you know like 
you know, it's just a weird thing. So. I, do, I do wonder, too, if, like, even in the early days, maybe they were targeting pop punk because it got a lot more radio playtime than it does now. And so, like, because their goal was to be the biggest band in the world, that was, like, the genre they picked. And they were just, they're talented at whatever genre they want that they just got to number one there, no, too. I don't I, know. But, I mean, I, I think because, like, so Joe and uh, Pete came from hardcore like actual like bona fide hardcore bands in the scene. And mm-hmm. and I think Patrick was more of like uh I th- I think he's just kind of more of like a songwriter. I don't I mean I don't know like what his influences were, but I also know that like Joe was like really influenced by like Descendants and Newfound Glory. And so I think that's just like what they enjoyed doing and then they became songwriters as that happened. And I mean like for example like Blink-182 like Tom like imagine if Blink-182 like if Tom kept that name for Angels and Airwaves mm-hmm. and just like did Angels and Airwaves and still call it like we would all be like what? Like it just does, it doesn't make any sense and so I think again that argument needs to be held up to Fall Out Boy and you almost have to think of it as two bands. Yeah. I, in, yeah. in order to do this. Well there's like, a in convenient order to, five year split that helps me divide them in my brain. You know? Oh yeah. No totally. totally. I, I, don't, I, I don't mean to like hog so much of that conversation but I just that's kind of what I've come to because like yeah. I I do love Fallout Boy, and I I want to be I want to be on their team. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm not mad at them for these albums, right? But I just Arena Rock's not my jam. Um, yeah. But dude, if you're having number ones on the radio and you're successful and you're able to make it in, as a musician, like good for you. Yeah, and don't stop that, right? I mean, might yeah. as well. Dude, don't. I mean, and I think the thing is like, don't just sit and try to please people and like do. Or, you know, like, don't don't just sit and try to please the same people that you've always been pleasing. And, and maybe, like, it is just a business venture and they're businessmen. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I feel like the, the person that has really opened my mind to think differently about Fall Out Boy has been Finn McKenty from the punk. Like, he has a great video on, like, Fall Out Boy's career. And I, I think he, he paints them in a way more positive light. Mm-hmm. Which I think is important because they're they've been vilified for sure. Yeah, and I, I do recognize too that like my opinion of them is because they fell out of a genre I liked, not because yeah. they got objectively worse as a band. It's like you know, I think important to distinguish between the two. I do not like Arena Rock, but I don't think they're bad at Arena Rock. Otherwise, they wouldn't be right. doing numbers. <laughs> like right. I'm not like man. I need to listen to Queen. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Queen's got some good stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like Electric Queen is what they're going for. Mm. Or Killer Queen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like if Queen had a baby with the Killers. Killer Queen's a song by Queen, but yeah. Whatever. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. Number eight. Moving on to number eight. Um, yeah, my number eight Fall Out Boy album is American Beauty, American Psycho. Um, <laughs> moving on up, moving yep. on up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this this was the album I was listening to when I made the meme that I sent you guys, where it's the scene from that movie with Tom Hanks, where the guy's like, "Look at me, look at me, I'm the captain now." Um, and it was Fallout Boy, Captain Phillips, saying, "Right, Captain Phillips is the movie," and it was Fallout, but the meme was Fallout Boy saying, "Look at me, look at me." Mm-hmm. I'm Imagine Dragons now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah i listening to this album like so i had not let me just give you some of my my fallout boy background which we actually didn't talk about was first oh exposure. we didn't talk about first exposure at all maybe um, we can do that after we can just do it as we'll just, we share just work it in yeah, yeah maybe so um my first exposure to fallout boy was i believe It was a, I think it was the Sugar We're Going Down music video, actually, um, on MTV. Um, and I really liked the music. And then they had, uh, they had Dance Dance on a video game, one of the Burnout games. I don't remember which one, but Burnout was like this racing game where yeah, you Burnout also, Paradise is brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, there was like two or three burnout games before paradise. And that's when I was really into those games. And one of them had dance dance on. That's also where I heard of MXPX was they had a song on that oh, no game. Way. Yeah. Nice. Them and Tony Hawk did wonders for. Oh Punk yeah. Rock. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my first exposure. And so my like fallout boy fandom was like their first albums. Um, so starting with from under the cork tree and then take this to your grave. Um, and then, I was like a fallout boy fan when infinity on high came out. Um, and I remember listening to, I never actually listened to save rock and roll like all the way through, but I listened to the single that came out. My songs know what you did in the dark. Um, and I was like, this is different. Um, and so I, I like didn't listen to them after that basically. Um, so I had never heard American Beauty, American Psycho, um, with the exception of a couple of the songs that you just hear through them being really popular. And I don't think I had heard literally any of Mania before this. Um, Same. So listening to American Beauty, American Psycho was kind of like, I was a little bit intrigued to see like, oh, what did they do after, you know, that one song from Save Rock and Roll that I know. Um, and I, w- I was kind of like, maybe it'll actually be pretty good. Um I was wrong. I did not like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is, like I said, this is the album that I was listening to when I made that meme. And I was like, this basically just sounds like Imagine Dragons. Like I think Imagine Dragons came out around 2010 ish. Um, and then fallout boy came out shortly after and started making similar music. Um, when I was listening to it, I almost thought the title track was going to be good when it opened, um, with the chorus. Cause I actually do like the chorus of American beauty, American psycho. Um, and then as soon as it like went, I didn't realize it was opening with the chorus and then it went into the verse and I was like, this is weird and I don't like it. Um, so yeah, I do kind of like what they did. Like, I think they're really creative with Uma Thurman, um, and how like, obviously they're talking about like, you know, a movie star and like the music is very theatrical and like what they're doing like sonically with that song is really cool. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a fan. I'm not going to go add it to any playlist or anything, but like, I just thought it was creative the way that they did that. So, um, again, I think I do agree with TK. Like, it's not that they're making bad music. It's that they're just making music that I really don't like. They're, they're great musicians. They're making good music. They're just, it's not music that I want to listen to. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, my number eight is also same album, American Beauty, American Psycho. Um, my first, the first time I ever heard Fall Out Boy was Thanks for the Memories. Uh, my cousin um, 
put a bunch of music on my iPod when I was a kid and it was one of the songs and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I kind of like this fallout by boy group. So then I listened to, um, I kind of like these fallout boys. These fallout <laughs> boys are kind of, they're kind of cool. The classic, my cousin put music on my iPod. Yes. We've all had that cousin who put music on our iPod. So I, I listened was, I was to, that cousin. <laughs> I listened to from under the cork tree and infinity on high a bunch when I was kind of in, you know, junior high, high school age. And then I didn't listen to them again until American beauty, American psycho came out. And I remember thinking, Oh, interesting. Fall Out Boy has a new album. Like, I know they'd released... I was like, in my head, I'm like, well, they have the one with the bear, and then they have the one with the monk on the front. But, like, I didn't listen to those, so maybe I'll listen to this one. And then I listened to about half of it and was like, yeah, okay, I'm good. You know, it's like... And it was more just like, this isn't what I thought Fall Out Boy was after those first two albums. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... Having listened to them all in ro- in a row, the thing that irked me about American Beauty, American Psycho is that it felt like the B-sides of Save Rock and Roll. Like, it wasn't, like, its mm. own cohesive vision. And I, I, the note I wrote, which is a little harsh, so, you know, but I wrote, it's like the B-sides of Save Rock and Roll combined with the precancerous lump that eventually grew into mania. That's why you always do a biopsy. But <laughs> let me be clear. Like, I also want to say if you, like, you you, the listener, don't have the same musical taste as me. So I agree with what's being said here, which is that, like, they're making good music for someone, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think that I like Uma Thurman was the one from this that got a ton of airtime. Mm-hmm. And I love the halftime break. The fact that mm-hmm. in the bridge they drop into halftime and just like have this really kind of pumping anthemic thing is very interesting. And I really liked that part whenever I would hear it. So there's parts of this that I'm like, this is, this is, I dig this. This is rad. But cohesively as an album, I didn't feel like it had nearly as strong of a vision as either Mania or Save Rock and Roll. Um, I just felt like it was kind of almost a B-side project. And it's funny because when I looked up Pete Wentz's ranking, he put this one last and cited that exact thing. He said, I didn't think we had a vision for this. I think we just needed another album. And we Mm. were working on Mania at the time. We just needed another album to fill the gap. And so that's what this was. And so anyways, it's funny because it's like that. I mean, even that goes to show that like the B-side Fall Out Boy album from like the mid 20 teens is going to have like four singles on the radio that are never not on the radio. So they're still talented at the end of the day, but yeah, it just didn't seem like it was like as laser focused because you can't fault mania for not being laser focused. It's just not laser focused on something that I'm super interested in. So anyways, that's my number eight. Yeah. And that's really interesting. Um, because centuries is the top song on Spotify, 860 million listens. So, wow. Yeah. No one's saying they're bad musicians. Um, number eight, for me is take this to your grave actually sorry wrong i read my notes wrong again <laughs> my bad i i'm trying the to second time you've I'm done re- this i know actually we're gonna throw hands at this table <laughs> i'm really trying to freak uh the tanners out right now i think they almost had a heart attack i'm sorry Get out! <laughs> um my bad evening out with your girlfriend um I think I would like it more if the production was better. I tend to like that in albums if if the production is good and if it sounds good. And it was just a little distracting. Mm-hmm. A lot of the background vocals were just not done very well. They're mm-hmm. too loud. So I th- I think that definitely hurt it. Also, we did talk about how it was more like just a collection of singles or like two EPs kind of like thrown demos. together, demos. Yeah. Um and that didn't help it out. I I do want to listen to it again, give it more time. Um planning a wedding didn't give me a lot of time to do it uh, the last couple weeks um it is one of the albums i want to revisit but uh for now it didn't make much of a good impression so um it is number eight 
yeah it feels i mean i guess to just give context to like it feels like a collection of demos like like evening out with your girlfriend feels like what you send to the record company to get signed to make take this to your grave yeah like which is exactly what it was right um yeah i'm kind of going along that note my number eight is american beauty american psycho hey Oh, um, here's the dealio. I think the surf rock vibe on Uma Thurman is fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, it's fun. Is it? Is it something that I... W- now, if I had to choose between any Coldplay song and that song, I would pick that song, you know? Yeah. Um, if I, I... I also think, like, the American Psych... Like, that's actually a really cool song. And, and it was the one where I was like, oh, man, there's, like, aggression here. Mm-hmm. Instead of just kind of passive, like, bleh, bleh. and I think, I mean, again, like, there's some really strong choruses on it. it you know, it, it's is it the best Fallout Boy album? No. Is it the worst thing I've ever heard? No. You know, it, like, did it make a bunch of third graders lose their minds when we would play it on the school bus driving to the water slide park? Yeah. Is that the kind of thing that I want to spend listening to in my free time? No. I don't know. Wait, I just thought of something. I just realized another band that kind of did the same thing that Fall Out Boy did, but not on the same trajectory. Panic at the Disco, right? Didn't yeah. they kind of start out with a similar sound and then... They did. They're still on the radio? Well, they Brent, sw- Brendan Urie, they switched over when Brendan Urie kind of took everything over. Yeah. Because they were a band right. up until a certain point. I forget which album it was, but then they he went from took off. A pop punk kind of like scene band to yeah. like... Beatles folk, the next album. But so then they like, had like a dramatic shift. Like Miss Jackson and Uma Thurman are kind of similar in my brain, right? Like I feel like they have a similar sound, at least the American Beauty, American Psycho, and mm. Too Strange to Die, Not Strange Enough to Live, whatever album. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> that one. I, I have no idea. I mean, like the, I stopped listening to Panic at the Disco after Fairly Odd. Yeah, but they did. Pretty I mean, they whatever. did do a, a pretty similar swing, in my opinion. I think they turned into more anthem- anthemic radio bangers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. I I'm ninety percent sure that uh, a fever you can't sweat out and from under the cork tree came out the same year. I don't think that the Panic one, was ever as big as Fall Out Boy. Well, but the they reason just, why sure fa- Panic of the Disco got traction is Fall Out Boy took them out on tour when they debuted a fever you can't sweat out. So they got, they were basically like catapulted by yeah, Fall Out Boy. Which, to be fair, I, I would say those two albums, like, they're like cousins, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so I think it makes sense that they would tour at the same time. And they're, those two albums had very similar sounds. So then you're like, you have these Fall Out Boy fans who already love Take This to Your Grave that are going to see this tour. And then they see this other band that's like similar to what Fall Out Boy is doing. And then from there, they mm-hmm. both took very different trajectories. Because, I, I mean, like, that's how my sister... Because, basically, like, I got... Like, my sister and I were really into Fall Out Boy together. And she heard about Panic because of that tour. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into Panic. And the rest is history, guys. Sorry, not to derail the Fall Out Boy conversation. I just... It popped in my brain. I was like, oh, they kind of did the same thing. Yeah. You, you really know? just chimed in with, like, a... <clears throat> haven't you people ever <laughs> heard of Panic at the Disco? Sorry. I think we're on to... Were you done talking about American Beauty, American Psycho? Mm-hmm. Okay, so number seven. Number seven. Um, any guesses? Say rock and roll. That is correct. Ayo. Um, 
my number seven album is Save Rock and Roll. So um, their last three studio albums are my least favorite, and they got progressively worse, to, in, in my opinion. Right. Um, yeah, Save Rock and Roll, um, it's catchy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's honestly, it's a great debut into the arena rock scene. Um, it's like if Skillet and Maroon 5 made a child, you'd get this album. It uh, reminds me of Danger hmm. Days. Yeah, but except Danger Days there is like really it. good. Well, <laughs> Danger Days is really good though. But here, hear me out. Danger Days is also arena rock. Mm, I don't even know who they are. I, I disagree. Danger Days? Yeah. My Chemical Romance is fourth album. Jonathan, break this tie oh. for us. I wouldn't call that album arena rock. But, Jonathan, do you, who's right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the point? Was Basically, the new Fall Out Boy is similar to Danger Days. And Danger Days mm. could be classified under Arena Rock. I never thought of Danger Days as Arena Rock, and I think Danger Days is better than New Fallout Boy. But well, I think, yeah, I it's think better. A lot of people coming, I mean, coming from the Black Parade and going to Danger Days, and coming from Old Fallout Boy and going to New Fallout Boy, I think might think the same thing. I think the majority of people would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that point. I don't know that. I don't think I would classify danger days as um arena rock i think um the interesting thing with with danger days is that if you take my chemical romances conventional weapons singles that they released after danger days that actually makes up the album that they had written and then scrapped to make danger days which was ultimately made out of like this um vision that gerard way and his friend Sean Simon had for this comic book, right? Um, and you can kind of anyway the the even though it was released after, if you go back and listen, the conventional weapons songs kind of bridge the gap a little bit between Black Parade and Danger Days stylistically. Yep. And I, where I think Fallout Boy doesn't have something that does that as well. Um, and the other thing too is like. I think Danger Days is a lot more like it's still it has more of the original My Chem DNA in it than I totally disagree. Any of well, we'll we'll get there. I said as well. That's the key word. You don't have the talking said. stick right now. I absolutely <laughs> the, the sharing. We all stick. have talking sticks. <laughs> well, what about Patrick Stubbs' solo project, Soul Punk? That is not Fallout Boy. That is Patrick Stubbs' solo project. But it's an artist progression. I'm going to be honest. I just looked up the cover of Danger Days, and I always thought that was a Muse album. I saw that cover <laughs> years ago, and I was like, oh, oh it's a Muse, Muse album. Another arena rock band. Uh, kind of. Okay, I want you guys to close your eyes. It's like the tool of arena rock. I want you guys to close your eyes and picture you're in a big hockey arena. I want you to think of the Danger Days songs playing. Now, is it which, out of place, or does it work? My brain is empty. I've never heard them. Which, which song? I don't know. One of them. Sing. <laughs> okay, that song. <laughs> I could see it. Ah! I Listen, I'm saying it's not an arena rock album. I think, does it have some elements of that? 
Sure. There are some yes. anthemic and theatrical elements on that album, as there yeah. are on all My Chemical Romance albums to an extent, although mm-hmm. that one had it more so, in my opinion, yeah. so maybe that's where we're coming But from. we should move on because I'm starting to forget my argument. <laughs> Good call. This is my tactic when I argue with TK. <laughs> Just got to stall. Just got to stall. Then I'll see something shiny. Um, anyway, uh, the notes that I had for Save Rock and Roll, I did not have very nice things to say about it. I said, it's like if you took Skillet and Maroon 5 and forced them to make a baby like that weird scene in Midsummer. Um, <laughs> also, the song Young Volcanoes sounds like Train, and I hate it. <laughs> what about Ratatat? Can you talk about Ratatat? Hey, no. you mean the band or the hey. song? <laughs> oh, the song. Hey, I don't know. soul sister, I you'll remember me for centuries on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that song about blowjobs? I don't know. And cut. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says, "Aren't all songs about blowjobs?" And, and cut. cut. And I okay. stole that from another podcast. Okay. My uh, number seven is American Beauty, uh, or Save Rock and Roll. I already did American Beauty. Um, I quoted the lyric from the song Save and Rock and Roll called We Don't Know When to Quit. Um, <laughs> was, was the, lyric, the lyric that I pulled out of this one. Um, I mean, okay, for a return, like, if you're going to take a five-year hiatus and come back, then sure, you can change your genre, I guess, right? Like, I, I understand, like, they were reevaluating, are we going to continue as a band? Um you know, I, I don't know the numbers, but I don't imagine that Foil Ado was like their most popular album per se. I know it got some radio time. Like there were, um, what was it? I don't care that I heard a lot on the radio. Yeah. Which is a, a banger for sure. Um, but yeah, like um, it, the album is like energetic. Um, it's not hard on the ears. It's just not what I was hoping for from a Fall Out Boy album, right? I guess let's let me put it that way. Like I, mm. a lot of the tracks, I wasn't angry when I was listening to it. I was like, okay, you know, like it's more that like this just isn't the Fall Out Boy that I remember, and I have to remind myself of that. Like, you know, it, it, I I think that the hardest part is that I'm comparing the new Fall Out Boy to the old Fall Out Boy, and if it was just a new band. Uh, that, you know, like say the Angels and Airwaves thing, right? Like if they just started a new project and were like, this is our new project, I'd be like, cool, I'm not going to listen to it. But I wouldn't really have a strong opinion on it. But now I do because I'm like, well, this isn't from under the cork tree anymore or, you know, take this to your grave or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a bad album. It has sonically, they, they're never bad sonically. They're never boring. They're just never like straight up in my wheelhouse like they used to be. So... That's kind of my that's my takeaway on this. Like it's a it's a it's a return that was wildly successful for them, which obviously colored the new direction for the band. Like they they did numbers on this album. So um, yeah, good for them. I'm happy that they have a career and that they're able to to do music professionally because they're good at it. But like this album isn't for me. So um, yeah. there you go. That yeah, the back half of their catalog just kind of missed for me, but. This may be a good time to present to you something that I was working on while I was listening to these albums, which is, um, I think I've been alluding to this the whole time, which is that the trajectory of the band and the trajectory of my musical taste did not align. And it led, they altered their career with overlapping arcs of genre, right? They like they started one way, then they added something, then they added something, then they added something. And they progressed in a way like like 
Padme said to Anakin, you're going going down a path I cannot follow, right? Like this mm-hmm. is what Fall Out Boy did. So I have created what I call the Fall Out Boy Continuum, which is a visual aid that sucks to be you audio listeners, but here we go. <laughs> uh, this is how I interpret with, I will admit, some error likely their career path. Now the first arc you can see here is Punk Rocks, which I agree, Punk does rock. Uh, and there's some albums there. Then the next one is Anthemic Bangers. You can see there's a bit of overlap in this light green here where they start bringing in Anthemic Bangers. Mm-hmm. I think Foil Ado is probably the most controversial placement on this. But like what what I noted is that these are linear. This is order of release with the exception of Paxam. Um, then the third hump is called I'd Rather Be Imagining Dragons, which is where <laughs> you get into stuff that I don't like as much. And then the fourth hump is called It's Morbin Time, which is where... We- <laughs> We just get weird. So as you can see, there's a bit of overlap between all of these in this continuum. But this diverges in a color-coordinated manner from my personal taste in music. So, you know, my opinion of these albums correlates with with this chart. Anyways, I I, I didn't know what the appropriate time to bring this out was, but I figured now was as good a time as any. And uh, so there you go. Here's the, the Fall Out Boy continuum. According to Nathan, I, I'm legitimately gonna put this on my fridge. <laughs> I'm legitimately gonna frame this. Yeah, th- um, this is amazing. I'm legitimately gonna share this with our listeners on. Yes, the please do, because because uh, I just talked about it for like three minutes, and no one's gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I wow, I love you. I love this podcast. <laughs> wow, thank you. So I'll let you take that in so for a minute. Good. Oh my gosh, I made this on company time. <laughs> For an entire day. I actually started at Illustrator, was very frustrated, went to Photoshop, couldn't get it to work, and then I just went to MS Paint. (laughs) Oh, man. Couldn't figure out how to make a parabolic curve in Illustrator, so. That's so cool. Oh, man. There you go. (laughs) Jonathan, what was your first exposure to Fall Out Boy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I I think it, man. Um, I think it was Infinity on High. Um... I'm blanking on the song right now. What was that? What was the big song? For the this ain't a scene. It's you. an yeah. arms race. Or thanks for thanks the memories. For the memories. Those were the two. I'm pretty sure it was that one. I think it was on the live version, on the live album, actually, because I remember that thumbnail. Um, it may have come up on Pandora or something. I remember playing it at youth group or something. I don't remember why. Um, but I wasn't super into Fallout Boy after that. I just think I just wasn't paying attention. Um, I don't remember what I listened to after that. Um, I think possibly Foil Adu. I, I did listen to that later on, definitely. Um, and I listened to uh, American Beauty, American Psycho a bit. Um, maybe, I don't know, 10 years after that. But, anywho, uh, number seven for me, if you're if you're done. I, I am very much okay. finished. Um, was Paxam Days. Um, wow. And I think same with Evening Out. I just need more time with it. I just, I got through it. I was like, what just happened? It's so fast. And it's really fun. And it's very intriguing. Um, eight songs, though, if you don't know what it is. So it's kind of like in between an EP and an LP. And it's really short. It's literally like 20 minutes. There's eight songs and they're all short songs. Really short. I and think they it's all, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, maybe it's maybe it's less. No, it can't be. That Are you much. looking at it? Or maybe I'm Yeah, it might be less than twenty. 
It goes hard though. It goes so fast. Yeah, one right into the next, into the next, into the next. And I think yeah. I just didn't know what to expect, and I wasn't quite in the mood for something like that. Thirteen minutes long. Thirteen minutes with eight songs. Okay. Oh, I love that. You get the idea. And I haven't listened to that kind of punk rock very much at all, so I guess I still don't know how to handle it. So for me, wasn't as high on the list. Um, but for you, maybe not. And for me, maybe higher later on. Cool. TK, what's the hot goss? Uh, my number six. six. My number six album is going to be... Wait, s- wait no, seven. Wait. Seven. seven. My number seven album is going to be Save, Rock, and Roll. I have one word of notes for this album instruments exclamation mark like you want more they were no that they 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 were because i listened to their discography backward or chronologically i mean it reverse chronological oh okay okay and i remember thinking oh the instruments they're back nice and not just on uma thurman you know like i i there's actually instrumentation i could hear guitars i could hear bass i could hear drums and is it the best one clearly not did it make me feel any type of way not really. And then I moved the on with one. my It'd life. Be number one, idiot. Yeah, I mean, okay, honestly, if this like if this was a brand new side project, this would have been their best album. Of the side project? Of the side project. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gathered yeah. that by the fact that you ranked it highest among <laughs> among those three the albums. The most recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool that so far the three of us have exactly the same ranking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're cool. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it diverges. It's going to get weird now. I feel like maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Pro- actually, six. probably. I'm sure that this will not be the same as TK. Let's just hope that it stays calm before the storm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect segue into the fact that my number six is evening out with your girlfriend. Um, and here's the thing. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's... I've said it already. It's more like a collection of demos. And so I actually didn't, I had never heard this until this project because I had, like everyone else and them, the band, considered their first album to be Take This to Your Grave. Um, and so this this just came out on streaming services like seven months ago, back in November. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not that it's bad, I can I but I can understand why they they don't consider it their debut album because it's not polished. It's um it's like the tempos all over the place. It's kind of it actually reminds me a bit of um My Chem's first album in that way. I brought you my bullets, you brought me your love. Yeah. Um and Except I think that obviously Mike M, you know, owned the fact like, hey, this is our first album. It's still a mess. I think Mike M's first album is better than this. Um, but like the last note I put on this one was that it has potential, but that's what demos are for. Like they have potential to become a real album, something better, um, which I think this this album very much did become something better by the fact that you know you just listen to calm before the storm on this and then listen to it on take this to your grave um and there's there's a clear evolution there from evening out with your girlfriend to take this to your grave so yeah that is my number six again i do like it and i will listen to it again um i just 
put it below the next five. Cool. My number six is foil adieu. Um, this is hard though because one through f- one through six were way closer than seven through nine. Um, mm. I think this is a fascinating album. Like it's probably the one that I'm most curious to go back and listen to because it gets very diverse. Um, it has some of the like most anthemic, like melodic, you know, goes hard type of songs but then it goes into like almost a ska sound at the end and some like funk stuff and like it's really all over the place and i i remember reading pete wentz's thoughts on this and he said you know this was the album that like i feel like we felt like was a masterpiece but maybe we tried too much was kind of his his takeaway and i was like dude i don't think so i think it, uh, you tried a lot of stuff and you were honestly good at all of it like this album, I think, is kind of their underappreciated one because nobody really thinks about this album in their discography, so I feel bad putting it this low on my list. I just really like their early work a lot, so I'm still in reverse chronological order in my rankings, but this is the split where I'm like, I go back and listen to this stuff now. Um, you know, I don't go below this, right? I don't I don't really listen to the the latest three, but this one, I was like, this is this is very interesting, and like... Um, I don't care was my jam for a long time when I was in high school and it's still fun. Like the, the kind of the Tom, um, groove on it is really fun. And the, um, the vocals being used as like an instrument for that one hit in the chorus is really fun. So yeah, it's a good album. Um, and I think people should listen to it more. So when you hear me rank it at number six, it means, you know, it's still not my favorite, but you should listen to it because odds are you probably haven't heard it if you're listening to this podcast and you're at least passingly aware of fallout boy. So Anyways, good album. Um, let's see. What did I actually write for it in my little my little blurb on my notes? Um, I wrote, the rise of the anthemic banger with some light ska maybe on the back half. What? Honestly, uh, I really appreciate this for what it is. So, yeah. You can see I put it in the um, end of the anthemic banger era and right before the rise of the I'd rather be imagining dragons. But that one was just such a hard placement because it's got so much more than anthemic bangers on it. So, anyways, there you go. Also, interesting artwork on the cover. Mm-hmm. Cool. My number six is Save Rock and Roll. Um, when this album came out, I listened. I heard the songs on the radio. Uh, like my songs, Know What You Did in the Dark, I think was the one they played a lot. I think they played Phoenix a lot, too. Uh, both of which I like. Honestly, Phoenix opening that album was sick. It's such a cool opener, I think. I do like that song. Um, Alone Together is also pretty good. The rest of it, though, after that, I just kind of didn't care about very much. Um, Although, the last song of the album features Elton John, which is actually kind of neat. Yeah. And I kind of like that song. I think it's the title track. Yeah, it is. is. Yeah. Um, So, I think that's worth a listen. But, um, overall, I wasn't grabbed by it. I didn't think... Just, just not, not as much for me. Not as many memorable songs. Um, and also, side note, the just one yesterday intro sounds a lot like "Set Fire to the Rain," and it came out two years later. So, wait, not, "Set Fire to the Rain" came out later? No, uh, just one yesterday, twenty thirteen versus twenty eleven. So, not saying they copied or so anything, but some somebody definitely listened to Adele. Um. It's not, it's not like a match, but it sounds similar. The title track 
featuring Elton John felt very much to me like, look, we got Elton John. Mm-hmm. I, I, it kind of was like an eye roll for me. But I was like, I don't care that you have Elton John on your album because I don't like this song at all. <laughs> but I like Elton John, so I famously don't like him at all. <laughs> I find Elton John very grating. But I also think the same thing about the Beatles. So I spent my entire life thinking Elton John was a Beatle, and I haven't listened to any of his music. Yeah, maybe I just don't know anything. I think I need to spend the rest of this night alone. It's also when, where the lyric, we don't know when to quit, comes from, is the title track with Elton John. In mm-hmm. fact, Elton might have sang it. I don't know. I don't know, man. Number six. All right, my number six album, guys, is... Uh, guys, uh, this is actually really hard. Um, Are you live ranking? He's looking at the continuum, so I'm going to say I yes. Am, I am, because I was not planning on doing packs. <clears throat> I think it's packs, man. I, I, th- I think it's Pax Am Days. Reason being is I think... Uh, so... It, it's basically everything from this point forward I'm a huge fan of. Okay? So this is me ranking my least favorite favorite albums. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Pax Am I think is, is interesting because it was actually produced and engineered by a guy named Ryan Adams. Not but Ryan. Ryan Adams. Uh, who is a folk... Alt, alt country musician who uh, I, th- I think he I, I think he's like Sufan how Sufan kind of owns Asthmatic Kitty Records he is like the guy that owns Pax Am Records I think I've done no research this is just the vibe that I caught you are correct cool so he pushed the band to make this really twisted you know kind of punk rock EP and it came out a year after Save Rock and Roll for me, it's it was kind because of, I I knew that Save Rock and Roll was not going to be for me, so I didn't listen to it. And then I saw Pack Sam Days, and I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> I I knew Ryan Adams, like I've loved Ryan Adams for years. And then I saw that he produced a punk album for them, and I I just I had to see what that was about. I I think Patrick's vocals, and we'll get into this, are too pristine to be in a in a hardcore punk setting. I do not think that works. Am I mad that the album exists? No. Is it a great? It, yeah. I love as somebody that loves hardcore and really bad, rough product. I'm kind of the opposite of of Jonathan, where I lo- I am very endeared by bad production. I really like you know like kind of grainy, like, like a thrasher it, video. It, yeah, like a thrasher video. And yeah. I because I, I mean like again, that's that's just what I like you know and um. And I, I think it's very, very good. I really like it. Those are just kind of my only thing. I think Caffeine Cold is such a banger. It's like a minute and 30 seconds. And like, honestly, sometimes you just want quick songs like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't I don't want a double Kendrick Lamar. Like, I don't have the attention span or the time to listen to Donda. I just don't. Like, if you do, God bless you. Amazing. I want a 13-minute album. Album. Like I, I want a twenty minute no pressure album. I want to be in. I want to be out. I want to feel like getting into a fist fight in a parking lot after I listen to it. 
And that's it, man. I'm a simple man. Fair enough. I want to live a quiet, humble life and listen to 13-minute albums. Fair enough. Um, Another great segue, because my number... Not a great segue. Sorry, I lied. Spoiler alert. My number five... A segue. A segue. Um, (laughs) My number five is... Here's a segue. Is uh, Folly Ado. Um, Yeah, I never really listened to this album all that much until like around a year ago, I think, when Jonathan talked about how much he liked this album. Mm. Um, Cool. So, cause I've always like, literally for me, I've been like, I want to, I mean, even infinity on high, I didn't listen to, I listened to a lot when it came out. Um, and I liked it, but then like now, whenever I would go back to listen to fallout boy, it was always other albums that you probably have already guessed are in my top two or three. Um, <clears throat> but so yeah, coming, coming back and listening to this one through was really cool. I actually listened to it twice, um, for this. And it's it's an interesting one for me because I think this is the album that that kind of bridges the gap a little bit for sure stylistically. Like you listen to I don't care, and then you listen to something from Save Rock and Roll, and you're like, okay, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of a blend of those two styles, and so in a way, like it's it's interesting for me though because i feel like the first two songs are like the perfect representation of like old fallout boy new fallout boy and i really don't remember much of any of the rest of the album um and i listened to it twice in the last week Mm. and so i feel like when i'm listening to this album it's kind it kind of just blends together a little bit um i think and it's that's the the hard thing is i don't really have anything bad to say about it I just, I just, I don't find it to be that memorable for me. Um, so, yeah, I like it. And I liked what I was hearing when I was listening to it. I just, like, if you were to be like, oh, what did you think about, you know, uh, I don't know, She's My Winona, I think is one of the songs in there. I'd be like, I don't, I don't remember what that one sounds like. <laughs> so, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it just it didn't stick with me. Um, you know what they would say to that? I don't care what you think as long as it's about me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. It's pretty much how I feel about that album. Because I don't know what to think, but it's Fallout Boy. But it's about them. <laughs> it's it's. I actually I really really like uh, the the uh, disloyal order of water buffaloes. I think mm-hmm. is the title. I like that one a lot. Who's um, better at naming tracks than Fall Out Boy? No, literally honest. no one. Um, literally no one. Maybe the Devil Wears Prada in their early days. Oh, I mean, dogs grow beards all over. Yeah. <laughs> hotmail, hot, hotmail rules, dude. HTML rules, dude. It's, it's, yeah. Goats on a boat. Goats on a boat. Dude. Texas is south. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. Okay. Hey, John, what's your name again? Sassafras. 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 I can't tell if you guys are making these up. Danger, Wild Man. These are all actual yeah. Devil Wears Prada Danger, songs. colon, Wild Man. Yeah. You, that one was on the Nathan Reacts to Metal. It's the one that starts with the guitar hit and the drum hit, and then he screams, I know a ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Dude. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think my money still goes with Fall Out Boy, though. 
They have really long ones. Like our lawyer, <laughs> yeah. our lawyer. T- we had to change the name of the song because our lawyer told us we could get sued or whatever that song yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, our our lawyer made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued. Yeah, um, I'm like a lawyer, always trying to get you off. Yep. <laughs> I slept with someone in Fallout Boy, and all I got was a stupid song written about me. <laughs> Dude, come so, on. They do, they do have really, really great song titles oh, that I are really it. long. Yeah. Um, like when Spotify doesn't scroll to show me the song title, I get really angry. Yeah. <laughs> Spotify doesn't scroll? It does, but it oh. takes a while. It just sits there. Um, I One of my favorite song titles ever is a Fallout Boy title, um, which is... Champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. That's it's so, so good. It's so good. Yeah, um, dude. But we're not talking about that album yet. We're talking about <laughs> Folly Ado, which is a guy in a bear costume giving a bear a piggyback ride. Yeah. Um, I do like the cover, but yeah, I I feel like this is one that I really want to go back to some more, um, because I didn't find it to be that memorable, and I I want I like. It's like I want it to be. Like I want it to be good and I want it to be memorable. But it just wasn't. I really like the first two songs. Well, I really, really like the first song and the second one's okay. But yeah. Nice. You should go back and listen to it though. It's interesting. Um, My number five is Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. We've talked about this, kind of the reasons why I think it's fallen lower in our respective rankings. Interestingly, I did not know this was a demo album. I did not know anything about its history that it wasn't available for streaming until recently. So my only note was, I like it, good prototype for Take This to Your Grave, because that's what it felt like. And apparently that's exactly what it was. Um, and I will say, if you, if I'm a record producer, you know, and you bring me this, I'm like, get these boys a contract, right? <clears throat> like, that's what it is. But as far as like a major release studio album, um, I think that their other albums hold up a little bit better. Um, and And... Also, an interesting thing that I've found is that I personally exist somewhere on the follow-up one continuum, as do we all. And I think that, like, because of that, my taste, like, that's why I like, like, my number, like, I feel like I live in the continuum where the number one is, which that was an interesting thing that I kind of learned about myself in the process of creating this graphic is that, like, that tends to inform i think a lot of the music i listen to and and you'll know what i mean when I, when we get to my number one but yeah though like um what I, I do i like produced music to a point like i like when there's decent production on it i don't like overproduced music but i like well-produced music and so uh evening out with your girlfriend was like this is amazing for something that you probably recorded in your garage and mixed and mastered yourself and there was no studio you know like this is so much better than i would have done but it's not like a studio album. So, um, but super fun. Like I love the vibe of it more than like, I like underproduced music more than overproduced music. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's my number five evening out with your girlfriend. Number five for me is American beauty, American psycho. Um, I used to listen to this album a lot. I think right when it came out, um, I, I like some songs on it. Uh, it didn't hold up. I wasn't sure if it would. I was actually kind of curious to go back and listen to it since it's been like seven or eight years. Um, but yeah, I, I like Kids in All Right, Immortals, Uma Thurman, Irresistible. I think those are all good songs, objectively, at least, at least for me. Um, I think it just edges out Save Rock and Roll, which is my number six pick, because overall, I think the songs are a bit stronger. Um, even if they thought they didn't have much of a plan. Um, going in, which again shows how 
good they are. Um, it just, it's it's okay. You know, I'll listen to a couple of the songs again. Um, I didn't like the title track at all. I don't think I really listened to it very much seven or eight years ago. But I, I don't know, just didn't just didn't work for me. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. That's why it's number five. It's right in the middle. It's okay. I will for say, me. Irresistible has this drum fill where everyone drops right, like right on the word, the syllable "zist" in irresistible, mm-hmm. where irresist. it's just boom, 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 and yeah. just two kick hits. I love it. I love that fill. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite fills of all time, and it's so simple. It's great. Yeah, there were some shiny moments like that, for sure. <clears throat> What number are we on? Four now. Or you're on five. Five. I'm on five. Okay. So my number five is F a D. Fall a D. Um, I'm I have I had heard that you know obviously because I was around a radio a few times, so I've you know heard the singles. You know, and the thing about this album is that I just I. I, I had never listened to it. I just, I knew after Infinity, I knew, I, I feel like I can call when I'm not going to like a band anymore. I have like this very good, like key, like sense of like knowing when, it, what direction a band is going and being like, eh. And I just, I just knew this album was not going to be for me after Infinity on High and seeing the direction that they were going in. Um, you know, after Infinity on High, they did a, uh, a collaboration with John Mayer and I, I hated John Mayer back then. And I was like, no, <laughs> screw you guys. Hmm. And after that, I was like, I don't like Fall Out Boy. You know, and, and so I just, I knew that this wouldn't be for me. But I just want to say like, as um, now I don't mind John Mayer. Okay, um, I was going to ask. Which song was that? He, they did a cover of um, Beat It. Oh, oh Together? Yeah, Together. Oh. It was a single. It was like huh. a one-off single. And I, I was literally like, this is not punk rock. Screw you guys. Um. Now I don't care at all. But here's the thing. I, you know, I think this is an album. So at, at this, you know, you know, like stage of my life, I think I related with this album a lot. It hit me in a, in a relatable spot where, you know, the, the, the line detox just to retox, like, oh, so good. Um, you know, and just like, man, what an opener. I freaking love that disloyal order of water buffaloes. And, it, you know, I, I think like, Man, it I I want to be constantly cognizant of of where I'm at because I think I'm really good at fooling myself and saying that I can handle certain things and I can't, um, and and just just realize like, am I in a state of retoxing or you know like what what's going on in my in my life and in my heart and where am I deceiving myself? Um, man, I also America's Sweethearts. I've heard this song before, but this is the first time I've listened to this song, and. It is so catchy. I love the da 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 da. You know, it's just, uh, man, the way the instrumentation is on this thing, like it's just it it rips. Um, and I think like this is kind of the last stand of Fall Out Boy being incredible instrumentalists and doing kind of what I discussed with like Kana Yuri Masaru, where like it's just a band and their instruments. And they're able to do so much and and make it so thick and so real, and they're not layering a million things. I mean, I'm sure that there's some like a guitar track layering, right? But like, it, you hear four things happening, five things with vocals, and and I, I just I 
I think that that's so much more impressive than being like, we're going to pull out all the bells and whistles and have like a 48 track song, you know, like a John Mark McMillan 48 track. Like, screw that. I I just want to hear what you can do on a stage. If you can't recre- recreate this word, you know, like easily, frankly, I'm probably not just going to be that. It's just not going to be as impressive to me. Um, and that's, that's my own personal taste. Hmm. But I think the, a good a good measure of a of an of you know like if an album is is doing a good job is I put it on as background music and if I'm constantly getting distracted from the thing I'm doing to tune in and I had a moment with almost every song where I was ca- I was just like oh that's cool that's a, you know and again I don't know if I could tell you what my she's my Winona sounds like or you know like what happens because again it's such a new album but it, it's like it really surprised me. I, I wish I would have given this album the time of day mm. um, because yeah, I, th- I think, you know, even being, you know, 29 years old, I relate to this fall up boy album the most out of any of them. Um, I think lyrically it, it is so dead on. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really, I, you know, if you're, if you tapped out it, like from under the court tree, I really encourage you to press on seriously. It's funny. Cause I do the exact same thing where I, I put a song, an album on and I wait for it to impress me. And I did that with Mania, and it made me mad. <laughs> I was like, I must skip this track. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I listened to maybe the first 30 seconds of every song on Mania and was like, well, I think I get the main idea here. You texted me that, and I was like, lucky. I know. I was already, when you texted us that, I had, I think, two and a half songs of it left. And I was like, I got to finish it now. You know, but like, here's the deal. I listened to every church's album maybe 10 times. So I was like, you know, I've done my homework. <laughs> How dare you? They were so and, much better than Mania. Oh, dude. I love churches. Go listen to our churches episode. And their albums. Yeah. There's only four. Speaking On to four. number four. Um, my number four Fallout Boy quote unquote album uh, <laughs> is Paxam Days. This EP slaps. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, and I this is another one I had not heard until TK told me about it because I tapped out after Infinity on High as well. And then I heard the single from Save Rock and Roll and I was like, nah. Um, so yeah, I never... Anything after Save Rock and Roll, basically, I was not interested in. Um, which apparently was a mistake because Paxam Days is awesome. I love the more traditional punk sound. I actually really like the way that Patrick Stump's vocals sound on this album. I think it's a really cool, like, it shows that you can have, like, a traditional, like, California punk sound that's kind of, like, rooted in hardcore and actually also be a good singer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just maybe I just don't have a mental shelf for that <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's really cool and like i like it just listening to this album it just makes me want to go play tony hawk's pro skater like it's that kind of punk and i just i love it so much mm-hmm. um yeah uh caffeine cold or cold caffeine caffeine, caffeine cold, cold yeah i love that one um love sex death was like i love that one i mean there's really like i don't think any of the tracks on this ep Liter- it's like it's they're so all so good. good yeah yeah um yeah, I my I guess my only other note is that the guy on the cover who's like trying to break his uh, tennis racket, I'm like looks like Michael Sarah. So there you go. Could be. Could be. Could be. Uh, my number four is also Pax Am. So I think we just 
flipped our five and six. We did. Um, yeah. But yes. So for context, I started with Take This to Your Grave, and then I went chronologically, and then I listened to Paxam after that because I thought it came out afterwards because I was like, I don't even know what this is because it wasn't on the Wikipedia page for studio albums. And then I listened to Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. That was the order I listened to them in. And I think I was expect. I thought that Paxam had been released after Mania. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, here we go, right? Like I finished Mania and I'm like, one more. And then I put it on and it ripped a hole through my brain because I was like, what is this? Like this, like I feel like the blood in my brain had coagulated by the time I finished Mania. And then it absolutely like just blasted through and i was like this is so good this is so short this is so fast this is like exactly what i needed right now it's like the cure for their own illness and i was like let's freaking go dude this album is awesome i've listened to it three times since then because it's so short and yeah it's great i love pax am um it's it's frankly brilliant and i think it would be higher on this list if it weren't for nostalgia um so yeah it's mm. I, I i really really like it their sound is awesome um and yeah it's like i could see every single one of the songs being on top of a thrasher video and just yep. people bailing on giant rails and i was just you know, i was like oh i want more of this well the w- another really cool thing because i watched like a little documentary on this when it came out and apparently ryan adams kept making them do things that made them uncomfortable while recording like he blair witched them no, not not like that. But he would be like, "You need to play that faster, or you need to um, like down tune your guitars, or make them a little le- like untune your guitar." And they'd be like, "No, no, we can't do that." And he'd be like, "Untune your, you know, like he he's just so." And then he did a similar album too that's like really similar to this, and they're both just like they both go so hard. Mm. So he's a, he's an interesting guy. My main takeaway from Nathan's notes there were that Mania almost gave him a stroke. Yeah. And then Paxam Days saved him from that. It did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Number Quattro. Ooh. Right. Um, <clears throat> number Quattro. Take this to your grave. Um, I hadn't listened to this album before this two week period um it's just it's good i i want to give it more of a chance um i think sometimes with certain albums and albums it takes me a little bit to kind of sink into them mm-hmm. i didn't have a lot of time to listen to this i listened to it once through and some of the songs another time but not the whole thing another time um but the yeah a couple of the high notes for me with the riff on grand theft autumn so good. Um, mm-hmm. The vocal melody on Saturday in the chorus is phenomenal. Um, I think I will like this album as I continue to listen to it. But I've listened to the other ones more, and there's nostalgia tied into them and all that. But, um, yeah, great great album. Please listen to it. It's so good. 